Uh, today, <clears throat> I want to talk to you about defending, <clears throat> excuse me, about defending the faith. About actually standing up for your faith. The, the faith that you have, not being intimidated by it, but actually speaking on behalf of Jesus. That God has put his trust in us to defend him. We live in a culture today, and in, uh, when we were in Greece, our, our guide, he, he said this. He's a very well-educated man, uh, speaks Greek, reads Greek, uh, and has studied the Bible a, a lot. But he said that he believes that we are now, our world is now living in the most evil time ever. And, and I, I talked to Dora about that this morning before we came to church, and I asked her what she thought about that. And I think we could probably, all of us might have different opinions because there's been some pretty evil times in our history. But our guide pointed out something that had never been before, something that was we would classify as a new level of evil. You remember back in the time of Sodom and Gomorrah whenever the, the sexual immorality was rampant in Sodom and Gomorrah and, and God uh, wiped out Sodom and Gomorrah because of the sexual immorality. Uh, there, was, there was homosexuality, same sex, a lot of things going on, uh, sex outside of marriage. And in our culture today, we have a lot of the things that the scripture calls immoral. The one thing that we <clears throat> have today that they didn't have back in Sodom and Gomorrah is that today our culture wants us to question our sexual identity. We have been challenged by our identity for us to live and to make choices and decisions by how we feel. And if we feel like we are another sex and we want to identify as that sex that in our culture today, it is completely accept, not completely, but it is accepted. What this is is saying that the, the way that God created me, who he created me to be, I'm not good with that. And I want to recreate who I am. I want to play God and say that I'm not going to be who you made. This is not popular. I'm not going to be who you made me to be. I want to be who I feel like being. And if we, as the church, and when we read the scripture, if we don't stand up for the truth of the word of God, who's going to do that? Who? 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 God puts his faith in us. You think about it. God actually trusts you, his church, to speak up for him and his truth. 
not to be intimidated, manipulated, or controlled by the immorality of the world, but to stand up for what we know is the truth and to speak the truth, but speak the truth in love. That's the challenge with the church because a lot of church people, they know the truth, but they're, they're crazy when it comes to, to loving people. They're just very condemning Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but I came to save the world. And because God is love and his heart is love, everything about God is love, he doesn't want us to be condemning people of the immorality in the world. He wants the world to be saved through him and through us speaking up for him on his behalf. So I want you to uh, look at this video I got. I got a cool little video for you. And we're going to stop it because I want to talk about it on the way. So a high school football player shared a video of him. <laughs> okay, so here's what's happening. We're at a high school football game. And the, this, this guy in the red just intercepted the football. Now, he's supposed to be running... See number 10 right there? He's going to run that way, and he's going to block for him. Okay, go ahead with the video. Tackling his own teammates. Oh, oh you're running the wrong way. The player made a great interception. No, stop, stop. Look at this guy. Look at this guy right here. <laughs> this guy back here, look at him. Oh, no. Oh, oh. And all the, all the guys on the other team, they're like. <laughs> and these guys, these guys up here in the front, look at them. Some of them are just. Okay, go ahead. Take it a little bit further. Direction. So there he goes. You see his own guy chasing him down here. He tackled him. Oh, <laughs> wait. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want you to see this. Y'all got to see this. Some of them guys, they're doing this. You know what that is, right? It's running with no purpose. I'm, I'm preaching my sermon now, by the way. We're in the game. We're just not doing nothing. Then we got those people like, I want you just sit around and like, bless you. I want you just sit around and like, and like, they just complain about what everybody else does. And then you got this guy, this guy up there on the right. I mean, he took him down. God help us. We need more people like that guy that's going to get something done. And listen, if somebody's running the wrong direction, you be the one that runs up there and tackles him because he don't need to be doing that. You're saving his life. Watch this guy. Okay, time out. Okay, you got, you got to see this guy with the circle around him. Look at him. <laughs> this is so funny. He's not even in the game. <laughs> and he's throwing a fit. Does it sound like church? <laughs> not even in a game, not doing anything. 
It doesn't take much size to criticize. He's up here throwing his sucker in the dirt, throwing everything around. Now, now, I don't know if you see the guy here that just got tackled. Because he's stopping right now. But what he's doing, he's on the ground throwing a fit. Why did you tackle me? I can't believe he got, listen to me, he got offended because somebody saved him. Snatched him up out of the gates of hell. Okay, go ahead and play a little bit. The sidelines right there, I was just losing it. Look at it. Oh, no. I can't believe you tackled me. I was just about to make a touchdown for the other team. He didn't, y'all stay with me. He didn't even know that he was running the wrong direction. Go ahead. A, a safety, I agree. I've been two points for the other team had he made it all the way to the end zone. I, so he didn't obviously realize it until that point, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And look at right. that. He doesn't know. Okay. Look at this. Look at the guy in the white. He's getting mad at the guy that tackled him. <laughs> the guy that was, you, you, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> Did you know that there's people out in this world today that will not appreciate you if you tell them the truth? They will not appreciate you trying to help somebody else out trying to speak the truth to them in love, bringing people, snatching them up and saying, hey, you're going the wrong direction. And they got a bunch of friends out there going, you just need to mind your own business. The guy in the white, he was offended by the guy that tackled him because he was, he was running. Have you ever met any Christians that run the same way that non-Christians run? And then somebody comes up and says, hey, come on, hey, listen. This isn't right. I'm gonna, let me just say this. Blessed are you who are not offended because of the truth of the word of God. Blessed are you if somebody brings correction to you and you are not offended. Because it is the greatest thing that, and it's the greatest gift that somebody can give to you. But many times, Christian people are so easily offended when corrected. Just the word. Good morning, good morning. It's good Welcome to be in the Greece today. Yes. Hey, yeah, we're, we're going back to Greece. ready to go. What about Greece? Here it is. Here's what happened in Greece. Okay, we're do done with that. All right. <laughs> uh, it's starting to feel like did, did, what, what he was talking about. So I got to confess something before I go on with this. I had two funerals this week, and I decided I was just going to talk to you this morning. So if it doesn't make sense, you can come back next week. <laughs> but I think, I think we got something to say. When... Costas was talking about the Bema seat, how that the conquerors 
would stand up and, and those who were in sub subjects of the conquerors would come and they would submit to the one in the Bema seat. It talks about that in, in the New Testament. It talks about us standing before Jesus, the conqueror, the one who conquered death, the one who conquered sin, who knew no sin, the one who conquered life, the one who walked through life and never sinned, how that we will come to his beam and seat and we will give an account for how we lived our lives. Which way we ran in the middle of the game, how we treated other people in the middle of the game, whether we did any thing at all, y'all stay with me, in the middle of the game. So I want to read to you this morning, I'm talking about defending the faith. In the book of Jude, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Jude. I'm going to preach about the entire chapter, the entire book of Jude. It's just one chapter. For those of you who may be nervous, and I probably even won't, won't even get through with it because only got 15 minutes. Let's start on verse three. My dear friends, I really wanted to write you about God's saving power at work in our lives, but instead, he said, I wanted to write to you about this, but instead, I must write and ask you to defend the faith the faith that God has once for all given to his people. Some, everybody say some. Some godless people have sneaked in among you and are saying God treats us much better than we deserve, and so it is all right to be immoral. Now, this, this has leaked, it, what, what I'm talking about this morning has leaked into the Christian church, the global Christian church. And, and what has leaked into the church is that God's grace is so great that we can live any way we want to live, and it's okay. What, what we call that is cheap grace. We, we have cheapened up the grace of God to the point where not being obedient to God is acceptable. And we, and I'm telling you what, in our culture today, God help, God help us if we stand up and we preach the truth because it offends many people that are actually in the game, but they don't want to hear the truth. They just want to stand back in the middle of the game and go, I can't believe he said that. I can't believe that preacher. When we talk about the truth of the word of God, not everybody really wants to hear it. And some are offended. Some are like on the sideline throwing their sucker in the dirt, throwing their notebook down and people out in the world going, I can't believe that you're preaching about sexual immorality. Don't you know that that is politically incorrect? So are we going to preach about the things that are immoral or are we going to, when my horse messes up, I don't pet him. I correct him in love. 
Now, what that looks like is none of your business. <laughs> but he knows that he's been corrected. But I do it in love. Now, we're going to get into this in a minute if we have time. But this, this, this chapter talks about this. We, we as Christian people will be much more at peace if we live for God because we want to, not because we're afraid of him or we're afraid of going to hell or we're, we're coming because we live in fear of God. The fear that the scripture talks about, the fear of God, is actually a holy respect for who God is. It's not about being afraid of him. He said we can approach the throne of God, the Father, and we can approach in confidence knowing that he is our heavenly Father and he cares for God loves, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to a place of repentance. Correction is something that we need if we're running the wrong direction. And the church said, Amen. and the reason I emphasize that is because there are people in the church when corrected, are offended. We just have to make sure that we're not the we're not offendable. Amen. Some of them have sneaked in among us, says it's okay to be immoral. They even deny we must obey Jesus Christ as our only master and Lord. But long ago the scripture warned that these godless people were doomed. Don't forget, don't forget what happened to those people the Lord rescued from Egypt. Some of them did not have faith and he later destroyed them. You also know about the angels who didn't do their work and left their proper places. Uh, God chained them with everlasting chains and is now keeping them in dark pits until the great day of judgment. Did you know that Satan used to be one of God's angels? God cast him out of heaven because of his rebellion. Now, if you're here this morning and you're one of the people that says, well, I can't believe that a loving God would, would send somebody to hell or that, that he would pronounce judgment on, on some people. If, if you're in that in that group of people that thinks that God is unfair, I just want to say to you today is that God is not willing that any should perish. He didn't create hell for you or for the immoral people, for, for people who chose to follow him. But by not following him, we make a decision that we are not going to be a part of his kingdom and we are going to rebel against the truth of the word of God and ultimately rebel against God. And I'm gonna tell you something, heaven wouldn't be heaven if there was a bunch of rebels up there damning God with every sentence that they talk. 
cussing with everything. You don't want to go to heaven where people are cussing and using God's name in vain, not living for God. We make choices. Are we going to follow and be obedient to God or are we going to follow after the ways of the world and rebel against God? But it's not God making the choice. It's man making the choice whether we're going to follow him or whether we're going to reject him. We make up our own mind what we're going to do. You don't hear that at the foo-foo churches. That's what they're talking about too, by the way. Verse seven, we should be warned, warned by what happened to the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. We talked about that earlier in the nearby towns. Their people became immoral and committed all sorts of sexual sins. Then God, everybody say then God. Then God made an example of them and punished them with eternal fire. The people I'm talking about are behaving just like those dreamers who destroy their own bodies. They reject all authority and insult angels. They reject our culture today the immoral side of our culture today rejects authority. They want to do away with the police department. They, they, they don't want anybody telling them. They want to walk in a convenience store and steal something and have nobody say anything to them about it because they are entitled. The immoral side of our culture today disrespects Authority. The church of the living God, I'm just going to challenge everybody in listening today that authority is your friend. When your mom and daddy say, hey, this isn't good for you, because they have the authority, we listen to them because they have our best interests at heart, because they've been through things that we don't know about. God wants you to come to church because you want to come to church, not because he made you. Nobody made anybody come to church this morning, unless you're a little kid and your mom and daddy made you. <laughs> but we come, the, the alarm clock goes off, we're like, I'm not too tired to go to church. I'm going to church. I'm going to prioritize the things that need to be prioritized in my life. And we do it. Listen, we do this because we want to, not because we have to. We love God because it's a privilege to come into his presence and worship him. The people that don't love God really don't last in the kingdom of God. I just want to challenge everybody Stay in this thing and navigate for the long run because there will be times that you will be offended. But blessed are those who, not, who are not offended because of the truth of the word of God. Say so they reject authority and insult angels. Verse nine, even Michael, the chief angel, did not, didn't dare insult the devil. You know, the devil has power. God has allowed him to have power. 
Uh, and when the two of them were arguing, it says about the body of Moses, all Michael said was, the Lord will punish you. Let me tell you something. There's a difference between discipline and punishment. God's going to punish in the end time. It's going to be over because of the choices we've made. There will be an eternal punishment because there will be the time for correction will be no more. Right now, it's discipline. Whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. And he's going to bring discipline to us not because he wants to rule over us with an iron fist, because he loves us and he cares for us, but we will all have time to accept him and, and to love him and to follow him. But should we choose on the eternal side of things to reject God, make no mistake, it will be eternal punishment. And, and it's supposed to be quiet right now. Are you with me? Because this isn't, this isn't like, I don't even like it. But it's true. We have to understand that God brings discipline to us. I've never in my lifetime, whenever I was a little kid growing up, I thought about that this morning. Not one time did I ever tell my dad after he, he, he believed in getting the belt out. Now, we don't do that much anymore, but my dad, his name was Jasper. And back in the day, he had name, his name on the back of his belt, and he you give me a whipping, and I had backwards Jaspers on, my, on the seat of my understanding. And I don't, think it, I don't think it messed me up, but it hurt. Sometimes pain can be a blessing because sometimes pain makes us turn around. And what the word repent means is to turn around from doing the wrong thing. In other words, from running the wrong direction, when we're running the wrong direction, my dad would bring correction and discipline to me so that I would be the guy that would hopefully tackle the guy that's running in the wrong direction, do something constructive in the kingdom of God, not be a bystander, not be a guy on the sideline, not be the guy in the, in the game going, but actually do something. Man, I can't believe that about run out of time. We're gonna read this scripture first and, and then we'll, we'll wind this thing down. Verse 10, it says, but the people, but these people insult powers that they don't know anything about. They are like senseless animals that end up getting destroyed. There's a lot of people acting like animals these days. I mean, vulgar animals, senseless animals that end up getting destroyed because they live only by their feelings. Because they live only by their feelings. Uh, feelings are something that God gave us but God didn't give us our feelings in order for us to live by our feelings. The, the facts are the, is the word of God. We live by the word of God. That is 
the foundation that we live by. We live by the word of God and we live by our faith in that word. If we don't have faith in the word, the word of God will just be another book that we read. But when we engage faith in the word of God, that's, that's when we begin to grow and we begin to mature because we understand that the facts, which is the word of God and faith in those facts is what helps us to grow in him and the feelings come and the feelings go, but we can, listen, this is so important. We can never, ever choose to live by our feelings. In other words, whenever we decide that we don't like the gender that God made us, and we feel, if I would feel like a woman, What I'm doing, I'm saying, God, you don't know what you're doing. I want to play God for myself, and I'm going to make up my mind, and I'm going to recreate what you created because I don't like what you made me. I'm going to be who I want to be. And what this is, it's saying, God, you don't know what you're doing, and I'm going to be in charge of my own destiny. And God will allow each and every one of us to be in charge of our own. He will honor every choice that you make of how to live your life. What the scripture is telling us right here is that we should not live by our feelings, but we should live by the facts, which is the word of God and faith in the word of God, because faith without works, running and tackling, faith without works, do something. If you have faith in God, do something. Faith without works is dead. It's not about our feelings. It's about the facts and it's about the faith. I'm going to get down to the encouraging part because we got, uh, I'll tell you what, I don't ever like to give assignments in church because I never liked homework myself. But I read, go back and read uh, Jude. Read the chapter of Jude and, and, and study it. Get in your study Bible or get on Bible Gateway and, and, and study what Jude is talking about because there's a lot of stuff that I believe the Lord would want to talk to you. And part of my thinking today in doing this this way is I want to help you to learn how to study the word of God better, to dissect these words that God has for us and then to ask yourself, Lord, what are you showing me? What is, how does this apply to me personally? And what is the plan that you have for me in this? So my last verses is, is down to verse uh, 20. No, I'm going to do 17. Say, my dear friends, remember the warning you were given by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They told you that near the end of time, selfish and godless people would start making fun of God. We have got to the point today where selfish, godless people make fun of God. Uh, you can't watch a movie without them cussing God and using God's name in vain. That's making fun of God. I told you the end times that these things would happen. And now, everybody say, and now. And now, these people are already making you turn against each other. In other words, 
the people who make fun of God, they want to attack those who are following God and they want to turn God's people against one another. And see, that's happening today because not all churches want to preach or to teach the truth of the word of God. And even people who claim to follow God are offended by the truth of God. And so these, these the, the people outside of the kingdom of God, they're wanting the people inside the kingdom of God to fight with each other. They're one, whenever, whenever the guy gets tackled, that's running the wrong direction, the guy that got tackled, he's like, how come you tackle me? I can't believe you did that. What's going on? Are you going the wrong way? See, they're offended. So that's what it's talking about here. It says, they make fun of God and now these people are already making you turn against each other. They think only about this life and they don't have God's spirit. Verse 20, dear friends, keep building. Everybody say, keep building. Keep building on the foundation of your most holy faith as the Holy Spirit helps you pray. Pray in the Spirit. Pray with understanding. Let the Holy Spirit teach you what to pray about. If there's something inside of you that has anxiety, something that you don't know what's going on, the Holy Spirit will help you to know how to pray for that situation. Have people or friends or family members that need to pray. God, the Holy Spirit, will teach you how to pray. It says that he will help us. To pray and keep in step with God's love as you wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to show how kind he is by giving you eternal life. He says, stay in the race and run in the right direction because the prize at the end of the day is eternal life. Be helpful to all who may have doubts. Help the people that don't understand. Help the people inside the house of faith. Help the people outside of the house of faith and love them and help them if they have any doubts, rescue any who need to be saved as you would rescue someone from a fire. If someone's in a fire, and you, I love that, that, that video. Lord Jesus, it's a fire. He said, go right in there and help them and get them out of the fire. I can't believe I did that. But. <laughs> rescue them. They're running in the wrong direction. Tackle them. Then with fear in your hearts, have mercy on them because God had mercy on you because God had mercy on me. Have mercy on other people, on everyone who needs it. If they need mercy, you give them mercy. And who doesn't need mercy? I figured out a long time ago, if I want mercy, I got to give mercy. If I'm going to have mercy, I got to sow seeds of mercy to people that may not understand but hate even the clothes of those who have been made dirty by their filthy deeds. What he's saying is don't let the filthy deeds infiltrate you so that you become filthy along with the filthy. The final prayer, verse 24, offer praise, worship to God, our Savior, because of our Lord Jesus Christ. Only God can keep you from falling and make you pure and joyful. My goodness. I'm telling you. The world don't know what to do when we get joyful. We just got to get happy feet. 
Got to be happy people, full of joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We don't need to walk around like we just got baptized in pickle juice and just, bless God, I'm so glad I'm a Christian. Who'd want to follow that? Nobody. Be joyful. Let the joy of the Lord come out of you. It's important. Pure joyful in his in his glorious presence before time began and now forever. Everybody say forever. God is worthy of glory, honor, power, and authority. Amen. It's been a few years back. We had a, a, a Darla had a pet calf that, that she saved and it became a cow. And it was this cow got some age on her and and uh, she's getting ready to have a calf and she went into labor and uh, she was having a hard time having this calf and, and she she got stressed pretty bad and I was trying to get her up toward the, toward the barn and she went down right next to a slough that we had at our old place that we lived at and when when she went down she flopped her head down and her head went underwater. And uh, so I ran over there and picked her head up. And I'm, you know how, I'll be, anybody with, it's like, whenever bad things happen, it seems like you're all by yourself. Yeah, I mean, you got no help. And I'm like, I got a hold of her head and I don't know what to do because I, I don't have no help. And if I let her head down, she wouldn't drown. It's a dilemma. I looked around, I saw a rock. And I thought, well, if I let her head down for a minute, maybe we'll be okay and I can grab that rock. So I dropped her head and she like, and I went and grabbed this rock and I set her head on top of that rock. Well, she still got this calf hanging out of her. Her legs are still like that, getting ready to have this calf. And, and I don't have no help. So, I mean, we're creative people. I'm, a, I'm an idea guy. Everybody will tell you that. I got a lot of ideas. So I went and got the four-wheeler. I tied that rope around that calf's legs, and I tied it onto that four-wheeler. By the grace of God, I yanked that calf out of that cow. I told Darla about that after his own. She said, don't ever do that. Do you miss that cat? I'm like, desperate times. <laughs> so got the calf out. Finally, got the cow up. Everything's fine. Some things have to have help. Now, animals would have never figured out to go get that rock. And they sure wouldn't have known how to start that four-wheeler. I'm a smart man. I got something called common sense that these days is really uncommon. It's uncommon sense now. That's what it's called. Yeah. But when we get desperate, and I just want to say, I'm not a doomsday guy. Trust me, I am not a doomsday guy. But I'm going to tell you, in the world we live in, the immorality will infiltrate the church 
if we're not aware of it and if we've not if we if we don't hear these kind of sermons it will infiltrate the church and when i say the church it i mean all of us as individuals if we're not careful we'll buy into because the 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 world is very influential and you kids that are going to going to high school and grade school the world can really it can put a lot of pressure on you to buy into the culture of this world that in many ways is really immorality. But what I want to say to you is get creative with your walk with God and let the Holy Spirit teach you as you pray. Let him help you uh, learn how to raise your kids. I mean, your grandkids. I mean, there's uh, to give you wisdom in your marriage. I mean, we, we need that, do we not? We need it at school. We need everything. I needed everything. Every time I nod my head and rope, I need wisdom. I just need God's wisdom. So I just want to challenge you with that today. Please, if somebody tackles you when you're running in the wrong direction, don't be offended at it. Thank them for it. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for all you do for us. We love you, Jesus. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning. If you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, the greatest gift that God gave mankind is a relationship with him. But like we talked about before, it's a choice that each and every one of us make to follow him or not to follow him. And this morning, if you've never accepted him as your Savior, it's the greatest gift that you can ever give to yourself is the gift of relationship with the God that created you. Now, I just want to ask you if you've not ever accepted him as your savior, maybe if you have, you haven't been living for him, simply by raising your hand, say, preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Slip your hand up high. Anybody, preacher, that's me. I, I want Jesus. I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Yep, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, there's your Bible. Thank you. Anybody else, preacher, that's me. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Anybody? I don't want to miss you. If you raise your hand, man, would you mind looking up at me? If you raise your hand, would you mind coming up and let me pray with you? Would you mind coming up? I'd be honored to pray with you. I'm so happy for you. So, so happy. It's a wonderful day. Come on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I, I think many times that if, if we were the only ones that Jesus would have died on the cross for our sins. Don't you believe that? Tell me your name. Paige, thank you. Can I pray with you? So here's what the Bible says. It says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God's raised us from the dead, raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. So we got to believe in our heart. I want to help you pray, okay? Can we do that? Just repeat after me. Y'all help us. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I give my life to you. Help me to read my Bible pray, show up for church, get baptized. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name I pray. Yeah. Look here. I believe.
When we invite him to come into our heart, he lives with us now. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. You have the same problems you had when you came. But now he's going to help you with those problems. And we encourage you to keep showing up. Can you do that? We're proud of you. Bless you. Bless you. Listen, go visit these guys for just a second, please. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth the battle, amen? So the question that I have for you, this, this is probably no surprise, but like in the illustration of the football game, where would you find yourself right now? How many feels like uh, you could be more vocal with who Jesus is in your life? And you'd ask God to maybe give you the, the, the words to say, and maybe uh, you're not going to say everything correct, but I would just encourage everybody uh, just to speak up on God's behalf. How many need to do a better job of that? Raise your hand. All right, let's pray. Lord, we just raise all our hands to you, Lord, in faith and confidence, knowing that you are doing a work in our hearts in our minds, in our bodies, and in our souls, oh God. I thank you for everybody here in the building, everybody watching online, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to fall on us, oh God. May your anointing fall on your church, oh God, this worldwide church that loves you, Lord. May the church rise up. Lord, I, we just repent for being timid when it comes to the, your, the things of God. And help us, Lord, give us ideas, give us, give us innovation. Help us, Lord, not to walk in the shame of our past anymore, but, Lord, to put faith in the God of the present and the future. And we thank you that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave his life for us. We love you, Jesus. Give us your heart and your wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said. Amen. God bless you all. We have our prayer team up here. If you need special prayer, love to have you. God bless you all. Thank you for being here.